And welcome to a bonus episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald, and you can find the podcast on Twitter as well, at HorizonRT. And I wanted to do this bonus episode mostly because we've got uh, the ever-immortal Horizon Boy, Horizon Boy coming on next week, and we definitely don't want to take away from that conversation. You definitely don't want to miss this, and you know, while you're at it, obviously, you want to you want to take a listen to last week's episode with Todd Buckingham at major underscore mid did an outstanding job with uh, the horizon league fan engagement rankings. But obviously this is not why we're doing or specifically why I am doing a bonus episode. I, I guess none of us should really be surprised by this, (laughs) this news. I think the only surprise we should have is how it didn't come out any sooner. To nobody's surprise, Dennis Felton, the former, the deposed head coach at Cleveland State, has obviously filed a wrongful termin a breach of contract and wrongful termination lawsuit. Definitely breach of contract. Um, the funny thing, of course, it was actually filed in October. It's literally been sitting in public record with the with. with on the Ohio court dockets for four months now. Um, And yet I found it. Since I found it, I get dibs. I get to talk about it. Of course I do. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest here. It's, it's, if you're a, a coach who's been fired from your job, and this is not the first rodeo for Cleveland state, not the first time they've fired a coach. And the coaches turned around and sued them. Not a really surprise. I guess my only disappointment is the fact that it is me who's talking about this and literally nobody else in Cleveland. Which basically kind of reinforces my indictment that Cleveland media, by and large, do not care about Cleveland State. Although I must say, this is a lawsuit. Cleveland.com, who loves writing crap about Cleveland State stupid things i'm surprised they weren't all over this i mean like i said it's in public record the the response to the 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 response to the lawsuit was written by ohio's attorney general's office statewide office as it should be because obviously it's a cleveland you know cleveland state is a state institution but that aside naturally it gets into kind of the it gets into kind of the details of the the days leading up to Dennis Felton's firing. Apparently, most of it we already knew already. He was on a recruiting trip. Scott Garrett pulled him off the road. He basically decided, and they had a conversation, and obviously didn't go well for Dennis Felton because he got fired. For months, of course, four months, we've been just wondering because because this because the termination was kind of the culmination of a lot of stupid crap that happened over the summer over last summer with Cleveland State, and and this is actually the other reason I wanted, wanted to have this bonus episode because I don't want to take away what Cleveland State has done to this point. Which is nothing short of a freaking miracle. You know, 
But the funny thing, I mean, the allegations here are actually pretty just amazing to me. Um, and they're all based on the ter- uh, the the lawsuit basically details some of the things that are on the in the termination letter. Yes, in public record with the state of Ohio, and you can actually and again you can actually look this up. You can actually look this up yourself. I'm not kidding. I posted it up on my personal Twitter account, so it does exist over at, on my Twitter account at Bob McDonald. <laughs> all the, all the pertinent details are there. It's absolutely hilarious. I mean, it's not. It would be more hilarious if Cleveland State wasn't getting sued, of course. But um, yeah, if you want to go to the state of if you want to go to the state of Ohio, you court records. All the information is under case number 2019-01006JD. Dennis Felton versus Cleveland State University. It's all there, plain as day. I'm not. Te- I'm not telling tales out of school. These are the these are the salient facts of the case. So obviously he's he's suing for breach of contract. He wants his freaking money. Duh, knew that was coming. Although he, he not only does he want that, he also wants. So let, let's get down to the brass tacks. Essentially, so a he's looking for. He is actually looking for a couple things. He is looking for monetary damages of $1.2 million. Apparently, this is per his contract, things like liquidated damages, deferred compensation and benefits. That's one part of it. The other part of it is compensatory damages. That's the second thing. And he's looking for $1.6 million. And apparently there's a third count where he he's looking for punitive damages of like ten thousand dollars. Apparently, you know, it's a nominal, it's a it's it's a nominal damaging, I'm guessing. It's probably there because he just wants to admit wrong he wants the university to admit wrongdoing. Good luck with that. And I'm looking at this, and mind you, of course, again, per his contract, and I we've mentioned it multiple times. On the on the podcast, the buyout was a million dollars, no less than a million dollars. That is, however, without cause. If he if he was just off without cause, yes, they owe him a million dollars. But this is where things get interesting, and of course, the lawsuit disputes. Just about every last bit of it. Not naturally, the naturally the university has has responded in kind and basically said, "Hey, we're doing it this way. Screw you, whatever." So that is the second part of this, and this is this is this is actually what we have been looking for for a long, long, long time. We knew it was going to come out eventually. I was just hoping it wasn't going to be me to bring it on out. So let me get into that. And let's get started. So the on July 12, 2019, Scott Garrett, had 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 by hand delivered hand delivered and certified mail 
a termination letter to Dennis Felton. And so we are clear about what's, uh, what, what the text of this termination letter, I'm just going to read word for word just because. And again, if you want to look at it yourself, you guys know that you guys can pull this down off the, you can pull this down off a of court record yourself. Again, it's case number 2019-01006JD with the state of Ohio. Dennis Felton versus Cleveland State University. This is addressed to Dennis Felton. And and this is, you know, I'll get into the commentary at the end of this. Dear Coach Felton, as you know, we have several have had several conversations over the last month regarding the status of the men's basketball team, which you have recently described as being, quote, in crisis, unquote. I agree. Since the time that I assumed the role of director of athletics, I have been made aware of a series of performance issues, poor judgment, and lack of leadership on your part. This pattern has accelerated over the last several weeks. When I discussed these problems with you and requested a corrective action plan, you did not accept ownership or responsibility or adequately respond to my request for an effective corrective action plan. Instead, you deflected blame on other department staff, a perceived lack of resources, and a, quote, panicked overreaction by administration. Your performance issues include, but are not limited to the following. Point A, mishandling and lack of reporting to the Office of Institutional Equity, potential incidences of dating slash relationship violence involving a student athlete on the team. Point two, you hired two assistant coaches, both of whom have significant compliance and ethical issues. One assistant coach was involved in an NCAA investigation at his prior institution that continued into his time at CSU. During the investigation, the coach admitted that he knew of and failed to report NCAA violations at his prior institution, and he defied NCAA enforcement directors by speaking with other with the other subjects of the investigation after being told not to do so. The other assistant, whom you hired, has been terminated for cause from CSU for soliciting personal financial assistance of $25,000 from a player on the team. You either knew of this serious ethical violation or, as head coach, should have known. You have continued to communicate total support for your staff and have at no time suggested coaching staff changes, discipline, or expressed a desire to hold them accountable for their actions. Point three, you failed to immediately report an instance that was reported to you of student-athletes and other CSU students being stopped by the Ohio Highway Patrol and cited for a traffic violation. As you know, your eventual report was determined to be inaccurate. There was suspected drug possession by occupants in the vehicle, which led to a reasonable suspicion drug test of the student-athletes involved, resulting in one positive drug test. Uh-huh. Point four. You have failed to foster a culture of high academic achievement. In the spring 2019 semester, the overall team grade point average dropped at a 2.2, the lowest number lowest in a number of semesters, including five student-athletes with a sub-2.0 GPA and 18 non-passing individual course grades across the roster. Point five, despite the lack of academic success, you've recruited and received commitments from several academically at-risk students who did not meet NCAA academic eligibility requirements per the CSU Department of Athletic Policies and Procedures, student-athlete recruiting section A1. Point six, in June, while communicating regarding student-athlete discipline issues and requests for transfer, 
I learned that you were out of the country on vacation. I was not made aware of your time away until you were already on the trip. I was not aware that you would be away from the university, and you did not request, and I did not approve, use of vacation time. In fact, you did not log into the university time card system the use of any vacation during the month of June. Indeed, you had not logged in any vacation time in the last calendar year. See the CSU Department of Athletic Policies and Procedures at page 25 regarding sick vacation and sick leave. Four players, uh, point seven, four players from the 2018-19 roster have entered the NCAA transfer portal. As recently as a week ago, two additional student-athletes were contemplating their transfer and had met me with me as a group to relay concerns about the intensity of practices, their previous communications to you and your assistants about their physical well-being, and their concern with playing in the program while you serve as head coach. The state of a program is not consistent with the standards or expectations of the university. And the last point, failure to adequately respond to my identification of problems to you and a request for a corrective action plan. The bulk of your plan consists of what I should do and general statements of intention, rather concrete evaluation of issues and plan to address them. These identifiable issues are not curable within 10 days. The above reference problems individually and collectively, amount to your breach of your employment agreement, and I am therefore exercising the university's option to terminate the agreement for cause pursuant to Section 6.0, specifically Section 6.0, D, E, F, H, and I, incorporating by references Sections 2.0, 2.1, 5.0, and 5.1. Accordingly, your employment is terminated effective today. Information about your transition and salary and benefits determined will be sent to you under separate cover by human resources. I wish you the best of your future endeavors. Sincerely, Scott Garrett, Director of Athletics. So, that was quite a mouthful. Also, it includes quite a bit of information we didn't know before, or accusations we didn't know before as well. that are now part of public record. So, for those of us who do who have been talking about this forever and ever and ever, we just thought the issue was okay. A bunch of the, we were the, we thought the issues was the mutiny, as in the great exodus of of basketball players from the from Felton's program. Apparently, according to this, there was way more going on. <laughs> now, naturally, I can't. I don't want to speak to issue one. That's a whole uh, issues one and issues three because they involve student athletes. They didn't mention their names. They may or may not be at the. They may not may or may not be at Cleveland State anymore, so I'm not even really dealing with that. The assistant coach thing. That's actually pretty hilarious because you had a, uh, he Scott Garrett is alleging that there was an assistant coach who was hitting students. Uh, he was hitting a hitting basketball players up for twenty five thousand dollars. You know that guy can't be there anymore. And obviously, whoever the assistant is who it was and was under investigation when he was hired, he's not there anymore in here. So I don't really care about that. It seems kind of – I think the point of that, of issue number two, is to kind of paint an overall picture of kind of a <laughs> kind of a lack of due diligence on Dennis Felton's part, kind of framing that. Obviously, he's denied that part. Um, so there is that. <laughs> This, this, uh, the the part about the G, uh, the part about the GPA obviously 
And I think when Scott Garrett sent out his statement regarding the termination, he kind of alluded to this a little bit. Um, Dennis Felton, for his part, in response to this, the the academic achievement part of it, in response to that, apparently threw, threw athletics as a whole under the bus, saying that there were no academic tutors and anything like that, which I, which I find very, very, very hard to believe. Um, any Cleveland State athlete listening to this, please dispute that. Please dispute the availability of academic tutors because in my time, even even as a student, I I knew that athletes, even as a student, while I was at a, stu- a student there, there the the availability of academic tutors for the entire athletic program was a thing. I don't know if he was speaking specifically to his his team, but it doesn't matter. So that's just on me. And same thing with the same thing with the the, the at risk students. I can't really speak on that as well. Um, obviously, the one part that I thought was pretty surprising is the fact that he went uh, that apparently went on vacation in June, didn't tell anybody, including his boss. No, you really can't do that. <laughs> I'm also I'm also equally not surprised that he wasn't using Cleveland State's time card system. None of these things should be a real surprise to you. And then, of course, obviously he gets to the and obviously he gets to the point of the at, at the time of this. Obviously, there were four players in the transfer portal. I believe at this point it was um, Alexa Popovich, Rashad Williams, Seth Milner and Tyree Appleby. I believe Jalen Hill had not yet entered the transfer portal, um, I also, but he was heading. He was on his way out. In fact, I believe he was on his way out at that point in time. Obviously, he came back, but the other two, I there were there were additional concerns. I think I think the other two students, you know, that we we know that we know that at certain point that additional certain points in time, um, both Spider Johnson and Debaji Walker and Seth, Steph Kenich all entered the transfer portal. Whether they were the two additional students who were talking talked to Scott Garrett about their potential transfer. Is yeah, it, it's 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 a matter of that's between them and the university. I don't know what to tell you on that one. So when you look at when you look at the when you listen to this all of this stuff, you're just thinking, my God, how did this go on for so long? Well, let's re, let's understand a couple of things. First of all, up until for approximately about three months, and probably for the end of. 2018 is and probably for the end of 2018 as well let's be honest this we're 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 not really we shouldn't be surprised that somebody was asleep at the switch um mike thomas mike thomas was gone i'm sure he spent most uh, and yeah this let let us never forget that this whole entire mess is his freaking fault (laughs) and so he was asleep. So, so you know, month of November, uh, the month of December was probably where he was wrapping everything up. The month of January, it was basically a hodgepodge of acting athletic directors, who, by the way, have been proven to be asleep at the switch, not because of athlete, not because of the basketball program, but with, with the issues with the <laughs> with, with the swim team, of which two associate athletic directors had to resign for that. So obviously. Somebody thought they could get away with something here. Guess who it was? So yeah, so that so there was a to me in my assessment there was probably about a three month vacuum of power. You know, 
Harlan Sands brought in a senior advisor, but he was there to basically guide the process and kind of cut down on whatever you could cut down. And he did that, and there's really no dispute of that. So as far as the lawsuit itself is concerned, it's obviously going to rage on. Um, as a point of reference, the <laughs> if I can give you any point of reference, I'll give you the point of reference of the fact that Cleveland State's been sued for sued before for this type of matter in the case of Mike Garland. All Mike Garland did was lose games, and he got fired. <laughs> and he ended up losing that suit as well. Um, <laughs> there's a laundry list of issues here. And I, we're, we're going to, theoretically, I, I want to say we're going to hear more about this, but you didn't, again, this has been in public record for four months and you're just now hearing about this. So good luck, I guess. <laughs> we'll probably talk about it because that's what we do. Um, probably not next month because we'll be probably talking about the, we'll probably be talking about Horizon League teams and, you know, in, in the various tournaments as we should be, because that's what we do. So Anyway, I thought I'd kind of want to – I really just kind of wanted to break this – you know, kind of bring this up because nobody else is. So – and I, I had to get it off my chest because it's, it's just – the whole situation is just bizarre and aggravating. And it really – and considering what has happened to after that point, it, it, it's really a disservice to the group that's uh, – the, the, the staff that's in right now who is basically – Pretty much taken all of the all of the narratives from the end of the eighteen nineteen season and basically said, "You guys are absolutely full of it, all of you." <laughs> They're young. No, you won nine games. This team was put together in August. They won ten. You know, next year is going to be better. Dennis Felton basically said, told Scott Garrett that the team was in crisis. Seriously. Who says that when you're? Who says that when you're? Oh my God! Who says that when everybody thinks you're going to be better? And by the way, I did not. So I'll be accepting apologies all day. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and close out this bonus episode. Um, again, tune in next week. We're going to have we're going to have Horizon Boy, and you can you can obviously listen to this and our regular episodes of the Horizon Roundtable at horizonroundtable.com and where you can find podcasts or your Amazon or Google devices. So um, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week.